Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. On today's podcast, my guest is musician Nick Kennedy, joining me before he heads off on tour with Imperial Broads. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I hope someone has sorted out the rider for Big Squid. Thank you for joining me today for this really interesting chat with Nick. Uh, Nick's a really interesting guy. Uh, he's about to go on tour, as I said, with the band Imperial Broads. And we have a really broad discussion about the creative process, what it's like to play in bands, leaving bands, coming back to bands, touring Europe. It's a great chat. And I originally met Nick at Red Eye Records in Sydney and i uh, just wrapped that I've finally been able to get him on uh, for the podcast. So I think you'll really enjoy this. So at the end of the interview, I'll give you some tour dates and I'll place them up at the Big Squid Facebook page too. Uh, before we bring Nick in, I just wanted to say thank you to all the kind and enthusiastic messages you've sent my way for the start of season six. Uh, the Chitter Chatter mini podcasts have been a big hit. There's only been a couple out so far, but already I'm getting a lot of feedback on them. And you are also... Always wrapped to hear Dave Anthony back. That was a fun chat and the interview with Brett Morgan is continuing to get some really nice feedback. So I'm loving all of this and uh, yeah, I'm, like it's only been out a couple of days, but the Garth Jones segment, Parsi Amel, is turning out to be a bit of a fan favourite as well. So make sure you check out his new book, Home Brewed Vampire Bullets. It's a cracker of a read and you'll be dripping in osploitation once you're finished. Uh, coming up next month is my new stand-up show, Little Victories, at the Sydney Comedy Store on the 28th of October. If you'd like to come along, make sure you use the promo code PODCAST. That is a promo code for all of my Big Squid listeners. That will give you a nice discount. And then in November, I will be bringing the same show to Melbourne. 
back in Melbourne. It's been so long uh, and I'll be performing at the Comedy Republic and I've heard such great things about this venue. I have not had an opportunity to perform there yet. So that will be at the end of November and you can use the same promo code podcast to make sure you get that sweet big squid discount. I'm really looking forward to these shows and uh, yeah, my first solo show in quite a few years. So I'd love to see you and your friends there. I'll pop back at the end of the podcast to tell you about what is coming up next week, but let's bring in Nick Kennedy for this really fun and interesting conversation about music and the creative process. This feels like chapter 247 of an ongoing series of why podcasts exist, and they essentially exist for middle-aged men to finally have a reason to hang out. Oh, is that a welcome? <laughs> that is a welcome. That <laughs> is a you. big welcome. We've been yeah. uh, kind of uh, uh, dancing around each other for a while, and then it's like... Years. Come and, for years, and it's like, come and do the podcast, and it's like, this is how men... Once upon a time, it was down in the park with it the was. dogs, you know? This a is good ch- as. Yep, this is uh, a yeah. lot less shit to pick up yep. as well, which That's is right. a bonus. How's everything going? How's your year going? Because uh, 2022 is... Uh, I've been calling it... The year that is a bummer. Just a not not the worst year in the world, but just just a bummer. Yeah. Um, I look. To be perfectly honest, I've been very lucky. I, I count myself as very very lucky. Yeah. Uh, for quite a few reasons. Um, number one being that I've got a very understanding partner, um, and we sort of are very. Um, uh understanding of each other's um well understanding of each other so when we were in close you know when we're all locked down and all that sort of thing it we really thrived under those conditions right but as far as um i've also been lucky that my job uh remained intact yeah even when the shop i work in a shop yeah and it was closed but our mail orders went through the roof and it helped us, so yep. as well as JobKeeper. That's uh, that's interesting. We're, we're okay to talk about the, the store, aren't we? We are. Yeah, Red yeah. Eye Records. Uh, it's funny, uh, you guys and then One Street Back is King's Comics. And yes. they were kind of like the two places that I would, you know, frequent. And thankfully, both places thrived uh, because of mail order and, uh, you know, people at home thinking... Fuck, I need stuff. Yep, absolutely right. Because, um, of course, when it all went down, we didn't know what, like everybody. Yeah. I, I still remember that feeling when it started happening. I was at a Stereo Lab show, actually. Right. It was the last show that I went to see before everything. Right. Did <laughs> um, you know it was going to be your last show, or was it... No, well, there were. There was just... I just remember being at that show, and the talk of the virus started going around the audience. Right. People that I knew sort of bump into people and we started, you know, that was the main topic of conversation apart from the band that was, we were about to see. Yeah. <laughs> see, um, it was, um, so yeah, we, yeah, I just remember that. And when we, when the shop, it was an experiment. It was an experiment to see, you know, we'll do this and then we'll see how we go. Yeah. Um, Luckily, our shipments didn't really slow down at all. Um, everything seemed to be okay. Um, f- yeah, 
It was always we were always on tenderhooks, though. You know, it's yeah. a bit like that, though. Yeah. Well, it is like looking back on it. Uh, I'm a little bit the same as you. Looking back on it, it was like it was stressful, and who knows what's going to happen. But I also came through it in a, a pretty good state of mind, and yep. so therefore, when I look back on it, it's not. I wouldn't say it's rose tinged uh, coloured glasses, but it's. You know, it's 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 a mild pink. You know, it's I I think so too. I I I I saw it as a gift. I see it as a gift yeah. now. Um, and sometimes I get a bit nostalgic for it, right? Yes. Because it was, you know, walks around the neighbourhood, the ability to be bored. Oh yes, you know, actually be bored. Yeah, have nothing to do. Yeah, um, which is a beautiful, almost childlike state of mind right and and you don't get to do that very often yeah in the busyness of general life yeah well it's also important for the creative mind as well because when you're bored uh, or like i'm a big believer in daydreaming which it's such a weird thing to say to people who aren't in the creative space which is oh yeah i find it really important to sit on the lounge with nothing on and just kind of sit there and daydream and it's like what <laughs> like yeah. Yeah, but it but it, the subconscious is always working and it's in those moments that it's like remember that idea you had three weeks ago if you put it with this idea that you had last night they coalesce and they actually work off each other and you think oh i would never have thought of that while i was looking at everything and being active yeah that's right that's right and it, it actually reminds me of um a friend of mine a few years back now maybe five six years ago um he's an artist we were in a band together as well of course we were um you have been in a lot of bands i have it was uh we will get to that soon but yeah. uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I literally said to you beforehand i've had to write a lot of notes because I, I listened to all the music that you sent me and then it's like right i am not going to remember no of course so not. i'm gonna write I this all down too <laughs> <laughs> but uh he um he got an arts grant which was one of the it was he got the last one before it got dismantled, actually, and it was it was a relic from the Whitlam government where he got a a, um, a a grant to go and live for six months or a year, some incredible amount of time, in this massive Soho um, top-level apartment, oh. which they bought, the Australian government bought, way back when it was cheap right yeah um and he got to sit there and he he the part of the the grant was that you didn't even have to produce anything i mean oh, if you right. produce something great right great but the onus was on just soaking up the vibe man yeah yeah you man know? like and i just thought wow what a what a thing Right. <laughs> what a thing that's kind of disappeared. Oh, the, like, and, and not having the pressure to create, I'm guessing he probably created things. He did. Yeah. He did, absolutely. He, but he didn't have to. Yeah. Which probably helped him to create things. Right. Because he, you know, he had the sort of luxury of time and this kind of thing and, you know, for things to sort of emerge. Yeah. Which I hear some creatives talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, people more creative like me, people like Scott Walker right. um, talks like that, you know, like spends, you know, when he was alive, the, you know, 15, 20 years between albums, yeah. asked why. It was like, yeah. well, 
I just have it doesn't it's not something that I can sit down and just do it has to come right I know <laughs> well he's uh he's like uh, like a proper genius as yeah. well you know it's uh, uh, a fascinating uh, artist as well and w- when you listen to especially some of those later albums yeah uh, you know they're not <laughs> I I have had a friend come over once when I was listening to Bish Bosch and they were like what is fucking happening in your apartment and yeah it's like uh yes, this is not relaxing music to have dinner by. This no, is it's not something you engage with, but that is, you know, I, I doubt you could come up with that when it's like, well, got to release another album next year. No, that's right. When when the muse comes, it's yeah. like a, it's like whoa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but he, yeah, he's an interesting case because, you know, those records are some of my favourite records of all time. But I've only listened to them once or twice. Right. Yeah. But but I'll never forget them. Yes. You know, and when when I find a time where I feel like listening to them again, it'll you know it'll be mind blowing over all over again. Right. But it's um once you're in on that ride. That's so funny. I was just um writing about this uh this morning about uh uh you know this is fuck I'm people listening to this go here comes old man yelling at clouds. Oh, yes. But uh, oh. but the you know that the attitude of uh, when I get home, I just want to watch maths because I don't want to care and I hate them and I just want to watch that and I want to be on a little WhatsApp thread yes. with my mates talking about how much we hate that person. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not discounting that, but then there's, there's nothing else, you know. Like uh, I watched uh, uh, the first episode of a new series called The Beast, which is about uh, a chef trying to keep a small restaurant going and it was only like 27 minutes and I'd, I'd heard good things but I deliberately you know when you hear good things and you deliberately don't read about it because you just want to experience it yes at the end of that 27 minutes I thought I was about to have a heart attack it was so intense but it was also really engaging and it was brilliant but I feel like a lot of people would be like two minutes in nah no nah. I don't want that and anyway so my point is that I like challenging things and I like to sometimes not get it when I first experience it and then try to work out my way through it at some point. I look at when I approach most things, I think I presume that that's going to be my reflexive action. Right. You know, and therefore I need to keep going. Yeah. And I can't really make a judgment. In fact, I'm notorious at work for listening to stuff and going, this is just fucking rubbish <laughs> and somebody will look at me and go this is going to be your album of the year right <laughs> and we've seen into the future we've had yeah, experience with you and then that's happened you know more times than i care to imagine because it's like i have to go through that process or right. something i don't know what is the uh what's the first album that comes to mind that you first listened to and you went nah and then eventually you went oh this is a masterpiece oh um Oh, something that I really kind of, well, I, I, you know, there are some things that I'm still, I still dig my claws in and yeah. still loathe, <laughs> uh, but I've softened on a few things. I used to really hate the Jesus and Mary chain. Right. Um, and, uh, why? I was pretty young when I heard them. Yeah. Um, don't you find you hate most things like the things that you hate even now come from a moment of youth and then as you get older it's like geez that's a that's a lot of energy for something that was fine yeah yeah that's right <laughs> that's right 
I was like I that with Cold Chisel. I hated Cold Chisel for years, and then I realised I'd never listened to Cold Chisel. I just didn't like the kids at my school who like Cold Chisel. Well, that's pretty common. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now listen that, to Cold that's, Chisel. That's, yeah, that's no one around in the dark. You know. Okay, let's ha- let's have a listen to this Cold Chisel, and then at the end, I was like, there are some pretty good songs there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. But I guess when we were growing up, because that that happened to me too. Yeah, it was you know that's how you used to um kind of separate people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and they were so big, you know, and so just big. everywhere. Ubiquitous, yeah. yeah. And it was the inability to kids at school, you know, and then basket. Like I played basketball. That played at basketball clubs. Everyone was singing it. You know, karaoke came in. Everyone wanted to butcher Kaysan. Like it was, yeah, the trot everywhere. Yeah, but then yeah, I mean, I look back at things. I mean, it's, I I didn't hate them. But um, there were lots of things back then that I wouldn't wouldn't really touch. But now, as a working musician, and I look back at anybody who was in the trenches back then, right? I have a certain, oh, I have a lot of admiration actually, yeah. and especially if they've survived and also become good people like Jimmy Barnes has, you know, right. kind of you know somebody who's obviously got a good heart and yeah, is you know, still doing it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a lot of admiration for that. Yeah. And we, we talk about, uh, my friend Ben, who's on this podcast and I, we talk about, you know, you got to, you got to identify your demons and then you got to fuck them. And (laughs) you know, once you fuck your demons, like you're in a pretty good place. Don't run away from it. No. You know, get down and dirty and uh, really embrace it and, and make it work for you. Yeah, one of the that's one of the wonderful things of getting older, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> is realizing these things. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, I'm just going to be such a great person as I'm falling apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the devastation. Well, maybe not. That's the thing. Like you know, that's why people are kind of called survivors, I guess. Yeah. Because not everybody survives it. You know, whatever no. that may be. Yeah. But, um. So, what was uh, what was uh, molding your musical taste as a as a young fella? Uh, really, uh, Countdown. Yes. And the radio. Yes. Um, when I think about it, I mean, Countdown was the earliest and most ubiquitous musical presence, oh God, what, from the age of five. Right, yeah. You know, right until it ended, almost. Yep. I guess I started being cynical towards it in the mid-80s sometime. But, um, but it was... Well, it was one of the things that set me off on my path because right. they'd have the bands there and they'd have the panning cameras going behind the drum kit. Yeah. So I was like, oh, so that's how you do it. Right. And then I'd sort of set up my cushions and my chopsticks and, you yeah. know, and sort of <laughs> play along to the radio, which was at the time was playing AM radio too. Yeah. Um, in Sydney, it was 2SM and 2UW. Right. And I heard, you know... They were playing stuff like The Cure and yep. The The and yep. stuff like that. So yeah. I kind of, I don't know. And the Australian pub rock stuff as well. Yeah. Um, yeah so forget, that was a big thing. You forget like, you know, like we have all these uh, opportunities and stations and everything now and everything's so much more conservative compared to, you look at Countdown, it was the wild, wild west. Like, like they had Iggy Pop on. Like Iggy Pop quite clearly you know, three shades of Sunday. Like he is off his gourd, bouncing and freaking around. out the kids, like in the, in the audience, them out, like but just 
But then, well, of course, he is. That's of course, what he's he is. there to do. But he's there, you know. Yeah. And but then, you know, you'd have that. But then, you know, they do the the the, the top ten. And yeah. I remember <laughs> Molly just. I don't know if you remember this. Molly just fucking angry for weeks because. Charlene's I've been to paradise but I've never been to me was still number one and he was just so angry about it and it was like great yeah as a kid you were like this is fantastic like this this weird guy in a hat who's you know stumbling and getting a bit sweaty and barely got control of the show that he's hosting he kind of represents us (laughs) yeah that's right and it, it seemed so normal yeah you know like when I mean I was a kid and I look at that footage now, and not only Iggy Pop, but like you say, Molly and, you know, whoever was on with him had yeah. clearly been getting high in the green room or wherever <laughs> the hell they'd been. Yeah. And they were on TV. Yeah. And, you know, it was, yeah, I mean, so that that was that was a big moulding thing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the radio as well. Like, uh, they kind of worked in conjunction because I remember seeing... Elvis Costello sing Oliver's Army yep. on, uh, maybe it was the film clip on Countdown. And then on the radio, I heard the full length version of I Want You from Blood and Chocolate. And I was like, what is that? And I was like, oh, it's that Elvis Costello guy, which then made me think, I'm going to go and buy that album. And then then when you had an album, you you couldn't skip a song and you couldn't. You couldn't chop and change. You had to, you had to listen to the album all the way through, yeah, and so right. you would um, you would find th- there'd be songs that you loved immediately, and then there would be songs that you had to work at. Yeah, of course. You, you know, hang on, what's going on here? I can't even quite yeah. get my head around this. But you had to keep listening to it because you were listening to the album, and then over time, like you were saying about getting a new album and going, "This is fucked," and then eventually it becomes your favorite. Some of those songs. You know, they come to the fore because you, you, uh, you suddenly they click and you get them. Well, that kind of thing about working at something like that, yeah, um, is that's why it becomes part of your your soul. Yeah, and so when when critics sort of you know break down albums that you love and sort of go, well, that was obviously a failure by the band. It's like I don't think so. And even right. even if it was, you know, I'm listening to it and getting something from it and hearing a band experiment and failing is a lot more interesting than you know to me yeah than something that's completely wall-to-wall bangers yeah uh because or in inverted commas right <laughs> because i've been in enough bands to know what that's like and right you just you just can't you know you can't do that yeah very often Without the help of a million producers and whatever, right? If the organic sort of thing of a of four people in a room, um, fucking around is yeah. going to be fraught with kind of barnacles and ugly parts, right? And things that are commercially a little bit on the nose or whatever. Right. But um, but having said that, even like a lot of those hits that we grew up with. <laughs> on the nose as well right right you know? yeah and you know that was okay yeah 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 it was fine it's uh it's across the board isn't it it's like um uh, i was reading an interview with brad pitt and his favorite movie that he's made in this in this interview was uh the assassination of uh, jesse james by the coward uh, robert jones or whatever but anyway um 
That movie made like $39 at the box office. Yeah, right. <laughs> it made nothing. And that's, to him, that that movie's a masterpiece and that's one of the best things he's ever been in. Or he, he was at, um, there's that great story about him at, uh, I think it was at Cannes with Edward Norton. And the two of them were at a screening of Fight Club and they were super high up, up the back. And audience was booing it and whistling all the way through the film. And he just turned around to Norton and said... I doubt we'll ever make a finer movie than that. Like, you know, so you've you, you got to have a strong sense of who you are and, yeah. and the work because it's very easy. You know, I'm sure you've done this with songs. I know I've done this with stand-up shows. You're really happy with what you've produced and then you get it. People just don't like it or, you know, it just gets middling responses. And yeah. you, you, there's a part of you that has to be, all right, I understand why this might not be working, but... Th- I know what I was trying to achieve and I achieved it. Well, that's right. I mean, th- this, that's the sort of thing that I find uh, I want to come across. I probably will come across as old man yelling at cloud. Yes, all right. Yeah, you are but, very mean, good, good company. company. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's, especially in this country, there's really, I think people, and fair enough because of the way everything is now, but people have a hard time separating the marketing from the thing. Right. You know, and yep. it just becomes, that's the thing, the marketing and the thing. Yeah. It's not just the thing. Yeah. It's, you know, how it's marketed. And if it's not marketed right, then it's a failure. Right. You know, rather than <laughs> it being yeah. standing on its own sort of two feet. And that's, yeah. you know, that's why we were talking about count- Countdown and seeing, you know, Lots of crap, you know. Right. But that's cool. Yeah, It was that's a fine. snapshot of what was going on at the time. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. I, I, with films and, and music and, yeah, it's... I feel like I've really taken a step back from that with music. Right. You know, Um is that like self-preservation a little bit? Or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you've experienced it too. I could, you yeah. know, there's a, were several incidents throughout the course of that part of my life where I was like, oh, you know, this is the worst. I don't think I can do this anymore. Right. You know, because this is how this power structure works. And, yeah. you know, what's the point? Yeah. Then, of course, the point is... The creation of the thing. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. You know, it's got nothing to do with all that other stuff. Yeah. Um, and I think I was talking to you recently when you came to the shop. I was sort of saying that you were asking, you know, am I doing shows again? And it's like, I am doing shows, but it's not really my favorite part of doing this because most of the time at the level that I do it, which is quite a small level, um, it's hard to turn up to a place and just take it for granted that it's going to be a good night. Right. Because people don't care, yes. you know, if yeah. it's a good night. The the other people who are kind of putting it on, yeah. unless you're kind of, you know, a guaranteed seat winner, yeah. um, you're sort of treated differently. Right. And I found that when I went to Europe and played over there, it didn't matter. Right. It didn't matter if you were nobody and the fact that you'd kind of come there 
and you'd created something. That was the point. Yeah. And it was amazing to sort of play these sort of small venues to a very small handful of people who were just there to be curious about it. Yeah. And it was run so professionally. Right. You know, that was across the board. Right. I found. Yeah. Um, I'm sure others who've had more experience in Europe than I have probably have different stories, but but I just found that the attitude was completely different. Yeah. And something that I really kind of craved. Yeah. But I came back here and then, and now I'm kind of doing stuff. The point of my exercises now are to sort of just create stuff. Right, right. You know? Taking it to an audience is like, for me, it's easy for me because I'm a drummer, you know, right. I'm not the songwriter. Yeah. I'm, I'm a co-arranger or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, I kind of find it difficult to sort of, go to the next level of, you know, I love making records. I can't stand pushing records. Right, yes. Um, I love making songs with people. I yeah. don't like testing them out to audiences because, you know, I know how how subjective it is. Right. So if you don't like it, that's all right. Yeah. I find it really difficult. To, I, don't ha- I don't have a careerist part of me that goes, I've got to win these people over. Right. You know, I've got to turn these people around and show right. them that this is... I find that for myself personally very difficult to do. I find yeah. that in my job as well. Yeah. It's exhausting. It's, a, it's, it's an exhausting thing to uh, have. There was... When I was younger there was a, a sense of being able to work any room. Like if you could work any room as a stand-up comedian, then you were succeeding in this country because we have a smaller population. So that means you, you've got more chances of making a living as well. So you can drop me in an arty-farty room and you can drop me in a mainstream room and I can, yes. I can do all of these things. And specifically uh, hostile audiences. When I was younger, there was this weird kind of... Uh, alpha male, uh, not alpha male, just alpha uh, sense of you have to prove yourself and dominate and... and, and Kill. Could, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the word, right? Yeah. And then uh, you get older and you just think, I, like, fuck those people. Why do I want to win them over? Like, who gives a shit? And, yeah. uh, you know, so I've kind of... Uh, I feel like we've been on similar paths in our different uh, uh, art forms, which is... I kind of rejected a lot of that for a long time, and then now I'm just kind of coming out of it. But I don't, I, I don't want to go back to that world. I don't want to do these things and be with these people and and on these types of lineups. I want to create what I create, and like I'm not lying, I want to make a living from it, and I want it to do well, and I want it, I want it to get to people, but I don't need it to get to all the people. Yeah, I need, I need it to get to the right people, find its audience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, that's you know, right. And it's uh, it, it it takes a long time, and like, and it feels, uh, you know, especially at this age, to kind of find that momentum again. But it's rewarding when you do have that connection, you know, or through through not broadening yourself out. It means the feedback you get is uh, more one on one and more personal. Like, I, I literally had an email from uh, a girl I know who I have not seen in years um and we were friendly but not friends because she was on the peripheral with uh with another mate and uh 
she's an artist and she just started listening to the podcast and started writing, hey, you've made me think about things in this way. And then she's writing to me. I'm like, oh, that's really interesting. That to me is much more rewarding than winning over fucking 200 drunk bogans who are well, me <laughs> too. yelling at me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah that's, that is very interesting. And there are a lot of parallels between what we do. And I think that, I mean, there's kind of traditionally a bit of a kind of love fest between comedians and musicians mm. you know and it's almost like a it's like a fascination of uh, how do you do it yeah yeah how do yeah. you get through yeah that sort of and thing that we're talking about yeah heaps of lead singers want to be comedians and heaps of comedians want to build out a song with a band yeah, of course <laughs> of course yeah, yeah i'm sure you've been at the back of some gigs thinking fuck are we going to do the next song or is he building out a tight seven <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah look you know i've i've watched it's weird because I've I've been to a handful of stand up shows, yeah. but um, I've watched endless amounts of you know interviews and documentaries, yeah. and different comedians, um, and I just just the idea of doing what you do is um, I mean it just requires the kind of iron balls that um, that. <laughs> It really it it blows me away actually because well, the, the little experience that I've had of being at the front of the stage, I found absolutely terrifying. Right, terrifying. Right, you know, like you know, come up to the come up and you know help us sing this song, get out from you know the the kit. Yeah, and I went you know like five feet yeah. in front of the kit, and I was like holy shit, this yeah. is a completely different thing. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly like, hang on a sec, I've, what do I do with my hands and my feet while I'm standing That's here? right. I've got, there's, it made me realise that, you know, I have the luxury of kind of spouting the stuff that I've been spouting to you about, right. you know, about, oh, you know, it's all so difficult doing these shows, but I'm not up the front yeah. doing that stuff and getting the instant feedback. I do have the kind of, the almost like a security blanket of the the warmth of my kit in front yeah. of me that's a, that's sort of giving me a little bit of a barrier. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's interesting. So you you know you're a young fella. You're watching Countdown and and listening to bands. And it was the drums that immediately appealed to you. Uh, yeah, I, I I recall that when Mum asked me if I wanted to learn an instrument, I said drums, and I don't really remember why. And was your mum rapped? <laughs> No, she she wanted she talked me into something else, and I didn't have a second, didn't have a second option in my head. So I just said violin, which is which I hate violin. Right, I did it for a couple of years. Right, but um, I hated it. Um, And then I, yeah, Christmas nineteen eighty, I think it was, was at my auntie and uncle's place, and they had a little record collection, and they had a Roxy Music album there. Right, and I just spent the, the I was ten, yeah, nine or ten, yeah. And I was, yeah, I just spent the school holidays learning to play drums to that record. Right, was that and, the first album or which? No, it wasn't that cool. It was oh. uh, Flesh and Blood. <laughs> oh, Flesh and Blood. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But it's still like you know, it was a good one to start with because yep. now I love all their records, including Flesh and Blood, which right. is the one that most people hate. But, right. Um, 
so funny. It, people, uh, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but uh, people who have listened to this podcast have heard me bang on about this. But during uh, the first part of lockdown number one, yep. uh, I was reading just an article about the punk movement. And uh, the punk movement was taught, you know, how they rebelled against everyone. And the only two artists they didn't turn on were David Bowie and Roxy Music. And I had literally just watched Lost in Translation again. So I have, you know, more than this in my head. And I'm like, what? Like, that just, what, what do you mean they didn't turn on Roxy Music? And then I went back and I listened to their first album. And I knew songs off that album, but I hadn't listened to it as a whole before. And I was like, ah, and then I went through in sequential order. I listened to Roxy Music and Brian Ferry's crazy, brilliant solo career. Yes. And, you know, did their whole career yeah. <laughs> over the course of a couple of weeks and went, oh, yeah, I can see why they didn't turn on Roxy Music. Yeah, exactly. Exactly yeah. right. I guess because they were art students and a lot of punks were art students or you know or they weren't yeah they, you know like they were sort of uh more from the working classes i guess yeah um but but those first couple of albums sound like just a bunch of dudes who all have different skills somehow coalescing into making these songs and they're weird songs they're weird really weird they're great. Like genuinely weird like and like brian ferry is like this they, they, he's this weird kind of ultra-masculine, handsome, in a 1950s kind of way, in makeup, you know, uh, pounding through these songs. Even the way he moves is unlike anyone I've really seen before. Yeah. And then you've got Brian Eno looking like he's come from Venus. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. You know? But I guess my version of that when I was growing up with Countdown was Split Ends. Yes, yes. because... You know, because that, even though I guess Roxy Music went on my radar before I'd hit double figures. Right. Split ends were. Yeah. And they were fucking weird. And yeah. I didn't know until quite a bit later that there was a Roxy Music connection. They were listening to Roxy Music. Right. Phil Manzanera produced their second record. And yeah. All this kind of thing. And you can see that. Yeah. But they, they, had a, they kind of had a unique kiwi weirdness right as well yeah sort of weird dark thing um but roxy had a dark thing as well yeah especially when you compare it to brian ferry's kind of lounge lizard um <laughs> kind of suave yeah movie star kind of persona that is what i grew up with right you know yeah but then you go back and see all that there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping and that extends to their outdoor collection their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware weather ready teak and quick dry foam cushions for memorial day get 15 percent off your burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast and up to 25 percent off outdoor 
That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Weird stuff. It's yeah. like, I mean, I love that stuff. I yeah. Mean, it really makes you realize how creative so many people were in the, in the mainstream of music right. back then. Right. You know? And all, all just doing things. Yeah. You know, and just giving things a go and, and uh, some of it works. And then some of it doesn't. And then some of the stuff that is considered, uh, you know, a work of art now, now. was, yeah. you know, I, was, uh, I went and saw the uh, documentary Moon Age Daydream and interviewed the oh, uh, director. I really want to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah that comes out. So we're recording this uh, beginning of September, so in a couple of weeks. And, but there's a, there's a great moment where they're interviewing Bowie about, you know, essentially about low and things like that. And he's sort of saying... Yeah, I need to make some money because I remember the RCA studio execs listening to it and went, uh, how about you scrap this album and we will give you a house if you make Young Americans too. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but back then people just kind of went, I'm going to I'm going to do an ambient album and now I'm going to do this and yeah. oh, this is where I want to go. So I'm going to try that. They kind of used their influence, you know, cuz they they were so popular. Yeah. You know, and yeah, the execs could have gone to make something a bit less, you know, weird. Yeah. But it's like, oh, look at, you know, look how many records I'm selling. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get back in your box. Yeah. Yeah. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's fascinating. And, and uh, you know, liking Split Ends before discovering Roxy Music and then, but kind of doing it in reverse yeah. is exciting as a, as a fan of stuff because then you're suddenly... It's like, oh, I start to see the rich tapestry of this art form yes. connecting in ways that I didn't expect to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because I was always obsessed, really. Even when I was three, I remember going to school fates and the things that I'd gravitate towards were little 45s. Right. You know, the yep. labels on the 45s. Yeah. You know, and... And listening to those, you know, getting a couple of those and listening to those. So yeah, I've I've been obsessed with music from a, a very young age. Very young age, yeah. yeah. Who? What was your first band like? My very first band were yeah. uh, was a sort of a very of the time, um, paisley shirted, church influenced. Not not um, Catholic church. Yes, as in church band. <laughs> <laughs> church the band. Yeah. Um, Influenced sort of four piece that did sort of you know we did originals yeah and um, some covers but um, yeah a snapshot of the late eighties yeah. yeah great yeah it was all right it was all right <laughs> it was a, yeah it was okay um, I kind of wanted to do I don't know I I I, I was that was at a time where I just started to go and see bands and and. I started to drift away from my school friends because none of them really wanted to do that. Right. So I was going to see bands on my own. Yeah. And um, your friends weren't into bands. What were they like? Were they sporty orientated? No, I, no. I went to I went to an alternative school. I had an alternative in inverted commas, a, a Steiner school. Right. Um, and uh, so it was small, and we were thick as thieves. Right. Really. Um, and I still. I don't really see them, but we have reunions every every so often, and we get on fine. Yeah, but um, 
I was the one person who was really we are, I mean, we were all into music, we were all into yeah. countdown and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But um but I I wanted to go to the next level and started right. discovering, you know, kind of indie bands. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um listening to Triple J and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think I was doing similar things around the same age. I'd go to movies by myself. I I would too. Yeah. I loved doing that. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, I can John Hughes movie every time it was a John, oh, John Hughes, Hughes movie, movie. Oh, yeah okay. yeah <laughs> yeah heading off yeah. I um I think I had a I had a weird experience recently where I finally saw it was first time in a long time this has only ever happened uh, maybe a handful of times in going to the movies by myself I saw a movie and was disappointed that I went by myself because I wanted to discuss it immediately because it was kind of tricky it was kind of hard to work your way through, hang on, what did I just experience? Which was the new Jordan Peele movie, Nope, which is, you know, is not necessarily straightforward. And no. it was like, it was one of the f- first times in a long time that I wanted to turn around and say, what the fuck did that shoe mean? You know? <laughs> is it great? Because I've only I, seen, um, I've only seen... Get Out? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which I loved. Yeah, yeah. I, I've liked uh, all of his films. I thought this was, I, I definitely think it's a... Like I think it's a big cinema experience because it's yeah. beautifully shot, and uh, but it doesn't make any easy choices, and is maybe not as. I wouldn't be surprised if you had a similar reaction to me, where you walk out a little bit indifferent, and then yep. thinking, "Am I a little bit disappointed by this?" And then three days later, you're like, "Geez, I haven't stopped fucking thinking about this." Oh, that's film. awesome! Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's trying to put things together, and you know. In the middle of having lunch, just going, oh, that's what that means. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, that's my favourite kind of art, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed from the podcast and stuff, you're a David Lynch fan, and I am uh, too. Yes. And he's, well, for me, I think he was the first person that introduced me to that idea. Right. Of the lingering movie that yeah. doesn't necessarily makes sense right he's a bit like scott walker is with with records i guess you know right um especially like you know if you want to compare the latest scott walker records to um inland empire yeah yeah, yeah, you really (laughs) could like you could you you could actually do um you could uh you know when they put on a movie and they have an orchestra (laughs) yeah you could have scott walker's music playing underneath Underneath all the images yeah that's right and not really need the dialogue and be like what is happening at the moment yeah and lynch also one of those artists like we did this rewatch of uh all of his films and uh uh it was funny coming out of it and realizing the the movies that i was a bit dismissive of when i was younger are some of my favorites now because i get it yeah and he was he was ahead of the curve like the twin peaks movie at the time i wanted it to be yeah. a capstone to season 2 so i knew what happened to dale cooper yeah, of and course. then you watch it now and you go oh this is talking about what women go through in and then the dangers of violence in yeah. everyday society and it's a fucking masterpiece it's a movie. masterpiece it's a masterpiece <laughs> yeah it is and how's the the like you know the last bunch of twin peaks ah just so so i've discussed this with ben it was like the first four episodes i was like yes twin peaks is back and then around episode six or seven i was like is this good 
I can't, I can't work out if this is good or not. Yeah. And, and then episode eight happened, and it made me like episode eight is where it's episode the, eight with the with the the mushroom cloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where the most normal thing that happens is that the nine inch nails play in, in yes, Twin Peaks, right. and which uh, is kind of a bit. It's a bit jarring in the way that James Hurley doing that stupid song in front of the girls uh, in the original Twin Peaks was jarring. It was like. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Like, what is happening? Yeah. But that that episode made me realise I was, once again, I was making the same mistake that I made with uh, Fire Walk With Me, which is I was watching it, wanting it to be what I wanted. Yeah. And then, you know, and then I, no, no, I've got to watch what he's presenting to me. And then as soon as I gave gave myself up to it, it was like, like one of the funniest moments in that whole series of 18 hours of Twin Peaks The Return is a scene that happens for seven seconds when Dougie's throwing the ball with his kid and the kid hits Dougie him. Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just hits him in the chest and he doesn't react. And yeah. Then by the, at first I was like, when's Dale Cooper coming back? And when Dale turned up, I was like, fuck, I'm going to miss Dougie. I yeah, really exactly. Him. <laughs> That's right. I felt the same way. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And that's another thing that's going to kind of improve with with the years, yeah. I think. Yeah, and once again, not necessarily like a like a Scott Walker album. I'm not going to go back to it every year. No. But when I go back no, to it... because it's a commitment. It's a fucking and commitment. And it's draining. <laughs> yeah. It's exhausting. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know? But like it's you great. Gotta, you, because you can't have it on the background. Yeah. You have to engage. Yeah. Um, and I think it's so important that artists are still kind of doing that, defying right. the kind of the trend yeah. of the background and the playlist and the, yeah. you know, the kind of, you know, the not thinking about what you're doing right. kind of thing. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, a good friend of mine has... Seems uh, quite subversive. Yeah, a good friend of mine watches uh, YouTube clips of what happens in the latest episode of Westworld before he watches Westworld so we can be doing other things and know the right times to look up. Now, don't get me wrong, that's really funny. But on the other hand, that's I hilarious. find it abhorrent. <laughs> well, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's absolutely appalling. <laughs> like, it's, uh, you know, people got to do what they got to do. Yeah, I but, guess, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> I ain't Christ. fucking doing that. <laughs> no, I'd just rather not fucking watch it if I don't have time to be looking. You know what I've done recently is I've gotten a subscription to uh, MUBI, M-U-B-I, MUBI, which is uh, all uh, European films and, and uh, overseas films and... Um, uh, and it's it's funny. I like lots of people have been really nice, and you know, people listening to the podcast sort of say, "Hey, have you checked out this Marvel product, or have you checked this out and that?" And I I've had to say, I love it when people make suggestions, and at some point maybe I'll come back to it. But it's these films that I need to watch because you have to engage with them, and 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 they're like I watched Melancholia, the last Von Trier film last night, yeah, and was immersed in it for like two hours 15 minutes yeah i love that film oh what a like i've never seen it and yeah. and and they're hard to even though we have the internet you go to netflix you go to stan you go to disney plus you go to amazon prime then you get onto itunes and you can't get a lot of these films so you have to you have to really hunt to be able to watch them and i, I watched the three colors movies you know and yes. it's like like three colors red the lead actor she at two different times, she stumbles in the film. Right. And, it, like, it's, I don't reckon it's part of the film. Like, she just stumbles. And it's it's like seeing an actor with normal teeth. Like, you know, when you just go, oh, fuck, <laughs> what a relief, you know? Yeah. It's like seeing someone yeah. just stumble in a film and then just the, the shot keeps going. And Yeah, I, you know, like, I'm such a fan 
I mean, I'm a, I'm a movie nut as well as a music yeah. nut, and um, I I'm such a fan and always have been of kind of small character study films. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when I was growing up. I mean, yeah, like, you know, John Hughes and all that sort of stuff was, you know, the kind of the Hollywood films. But then as the 80s progressed and into the 90s, people like Hal Hartley, yeah, you know, would be making these sort of small indie films that were playing at the, you know, the art house cinemas of which there were plenty in Sydney at the time. Right. Um, and it always go... Um, Wings of Desire, Nick Rogue was on my radar because as a kid, Man of Fell to Earth yeah. was on network television. Yeah. Um, Blue Velvet was on network television. Yeah. Um, uh, so, and, you know, the movies of Paul Cox. Are you familiar, familiar with Paul I know Cox? Paul Cox, yeah. 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 Uh, Dutch filmmaker, but based here and um, filmed in Sydney and Melbourne and, you know, in apartments and, right. you know, and just around the suburbs and people and older people about stories about older people and these yeah. kind of things that have, you know, become less and less um, interesting to people for some reason. Right. But, uh, yeah. you know, like, I just love that stuff. I yeah. love that stuff. Yeah. I, I want stuff that is... Um uh, you know that you can kind of sink your teeth into and as we were saying you can think about like as uh, you know I mentioned the three colors film three colors red mm. I got to the end of that and if you asked me to do a quick summation of what that film's about I would flounder so badly even though I loved it and I had a really good time watching it but I couldn't sum it up in three sentences like no. I no 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 just it was, it was too much there was mm. too much going on for me to be able to coalesce it into something that is a bite-sized grab for someone yes yeah the uh i i wanted to talk about your bands and we have been as happens a lot on this podcast we have gone on all these uh, different tangents this, this but, different tangents yeah, uh, yeah. but uh using cinema as a jumping off point i was uh, listening to the music that you sent through um and i'm going to find it because uh, uh, the dead sea album uh, felt very cinematic to me. And I was listening to that with the headphones on and there were all these uh, amazing uh, soundscapes. That, yeah. And I feel uh, that's a – I really loved it. And I felt like, is there any chance of any, any more happening with that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to say no, but I'll also say never say never. Right. Um, they, that was the band that when I was talking about a guy called Tim who got the um, – the Arts Grant. Yes. Um, that was his band. Oh, right. And we went to... That was the band that I went and lived in Europe for, you know, four months. Yeah. To... Then I left everything behind right. in Sydney. Um, and we were going to do this. We'd been doing a bunch of club shows around here, the Hopeton and, you know, this kind of thing. And Tim, as well as sort of being the sort of architect of the music, he he made the visuals that we would play in front of. Right. So we'd have a screen. Yeah. But we'd, you know, we weren't playing the Horde and we are playing right. the Hopeton. Yeah. And we'd have a screen and we'd play this kind of, you know, ambient instrumental music that kind of had, you know, it's rock moments. Yeah. Um, and Dave, the other, the guy who was our bass player, 
we both had connections with him. Tim was a bit younger than me, but but Dave produced some of the early Big Heavy Stuff records. Yeah. And so we knew each other from a long time ago. So that was the three of us. And um, yeah, we we did it, you know, we did the Europe thing. We did a bunch of shows and had a great experience. Um, but it wasn't what Tim... Well, it wasn't what any of us re- really thought it was going to be. I think right. we thought that we might get somewhere with it because yeah. we just, you know, we had a lot of belief in it and we think it's beautiful music. Yeah, yeah. But um, but when we got back home, um, Tim became a full-blown artist and that's that's what he is now. So oh, okay. I, don't, I guess he probably does does music, but it but art's his main game. Right. Um, and Dave's producing lots of sort of Sydney bands yeah um, as he always has so he's he's still doing that they both run a studio in St Peter's right um, yeah yeah I, I love that stuff I mean I came to it when when I saw when I heard Tim's music all this stuff that you know it was one of those moments where um, when I was I'd been making music with people for a long time. But there was, I always had this love of um, stuff from, you know, the Brian Eno kind of end of things. Yeah. The more ambient stuff, artists like David Sylvian and um, uh, even Australia's Not Drowning Waving and this yeah. kind of thing. Um, but I never thought that I could ever be involved in something that created something like that. Right. For some reason, there was just like, it was just like, I know I do this kind of thing. I don't yes. do that kind of thing. And yes. I don't know anyone who does. Yeah. But... Um, but when I met Tim, it was like, oh, this is fantastic. Right, <laughs> it's fantastic. Right. So, yeah, we we gave it a good hot go. We recorded that record and did it for a few years. But, um, yeah, then we all just sort of moved on. Moved on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it does uh, – it sounds European. It feels like it could be, you know, one of those movies. I was watching a movie. If one of the tracks turned up, you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. Well, funny thing is – the funniest story I have of that band is that um, one of the – the impetus for us going to Europe um, was we got a chunk of change because Tim got contacted via MySpace – <laughs> right, um, because the good this, old days of the internet. Were, that's and, and well, the that's naivety, right. The beauty of uh, MySpace and TV shows were kind of looking around at not having to pay publishers for you know right. sort of big music. Yeah, so they heard Tim's stuff on MySpace, and they you know it was like, oh, we're from CSI Miami, and we'd like to use this song for. Um, you know, right. this scene, and we'll give you a chunk of change for it. And it was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So <laughs> Tim sent me this footage of this, um, you know, kind of uh, emotionally fraught scene in a hospital bed right. where somebody was literally dying. Yeah. And as the tears start to flow, yeah, this music comes up and it's something off our album. <laughs> and it's like... What? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I couldn't pinpoint what episode it was, but it was. That's but yeah. It that's was, great. That's uh, that's the enduring legacy of the band. Right. I'm not sure if Tim gets you know sort of regular checks for that. Oh, I hope but, so. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I get the I get the horrible feeling that it was probably a one-off payment. But, right. You know, that helped us get to Europe. So. Yeah. 
yeah, something good came out of it. Yeah. Uh, the uh, it's funny reading through the uh, history of the bands uh, that you've been in, and um, it's uh, so you know uh, in the past uh, it's like you keep keep coming back as well. So just looking at the history of the electorate. Uh, who then were originally the Temple Bears, is that correct? That's correct. That second ever band. Second ever band, right. Mm. Then you broke up and then you joined other bands and then you've reunited. Yeah. And like... And now it's my main band. Right. Again. Again, yeah. Yeah. What, what's, what's the trickiest part to keeping a band together, do you think? Uh, like any relationship that you have, I think it's trust. Right. I think it's I think it is. Yeah. With now that the dust has settled on everything. Yeah. I think it's trust in the general sense but in terms of creating music um the electorate is a band where we can create something out of nothing and we cuz jamming is kind of embarrassing. Right. You know? Um, I guess as a comedian, you can kind of hone, you have to, well, no, that's the thing. That's what, that's why we're fascinated with comedians because you do hone stuff in front of an audience. Like when I saw that stuff, when I saw that, that comedian documentary, the Seinfeld one, where he dies, you know, he's a multimillionaire. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't need to do anything. Yeah. And he's going, he turns up to these clubs Yeah, and he goes out there. And then he forgets his train of thought, but because the audience uh, just marveling at the fact this famous person is in, right. is in front of them, right. they sort of don't, they think it's part of the act yeah. and they're waiting for him to sort of get to the next bit. Yeah. And he has to explain to them, no, no, it's not part of the act. I, I don't know where my train of thought is. Yeah, I don't and know they're still laughing. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, this is right. still part of the bit. It's yeah, like, yeah. no, it's not. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, with, with bands, it's kind of... <sighs> Not everybody likes to jam, right? Not because not because it's uncomfortable. Yeah, because you're literally airing your personal dirty laundry in front of everybody. Right, because you're making mistakes. Right, you know, and you're just kind of trying things on for size. Gets a bit niggly, I'm guessing. Like you know, someone's got an idea of how a song should go, and then you know, you come in with a with a rhythm that they don't like. With and, they don't like, yeah, and, that's right. And then on good days, that's oh yeah, no, we'll just change. But on bad days, it's like well. Fuck, what do you want? Do you know what I mean? It's well, a- I should qualify all this by saying that I'm referring to self-taught musicians, who, right. which I am, and right. and most of the people that I play with are as well. Right. So it is embarrassing because sometimes when we don't know what we're doing, we literally don't know what we're doing. Right. <laughs> so, so... Proper use um, of the word literally. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the electorate... The three of us in that band, even from a young age, had a very early trust in each other's kind of ability to just come up with something, right? you know, fresh and interesting. And even if you didn't, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Because it'll just be around the corner. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't always happen. And it doesn't, you know, and you can, and sometimes when you work at the relationships with people, it can come. Right. And sometimes it just never does and you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to try it on for size. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why that's come back around. Yeah. Is that we realised, 
I think we realise that, you know, we're the best band that all of us have been in. Right, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's been very easy and very enjoyable to sort of go back there and um, it's getting together and creating stuff in a space is, you know, a real highlight. Yeah. You know, yeah. no matter what's going on in our respective lives at the at the time, you know. We just have a fantastic time doing it. So. Yeah, and having that outlet so important, you know. It's uh, I always find after a creative burst, I'm pretty easy to be around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's one of the things like working on a couple of these uh, TV shows that I work on. Yep. It's almost when I can, if I can get up and work on something of my own for at least an hour in the morning. When I get in there, I'm like, hey, whatever, you're in a weird mood, I can deal with that, let's do that, you don't like that idea, who gives a shit? Yes. And it's when it's only that, that you start to get a little bit twitchy. Yeah, abs- yeah, that's right. Yeah. I come home and my partner says, oh my God, you look so happy. Yeah. You've got all this colour in your face. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. like, and I am. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's Just why me- you get into this, because you've got, you've got something to express on some level. Yeah, and and drumming allows you to express yourself, and uh, we always feel better after that. Yes, that's right. That's right. But some, you know, some band members that I play with, you know, that they they view, they can view the creative process of as, um, you know, reflecting some kind of personal failure, right, or something like that, which I find really, you know, I don't know. Breaks my heart, really, yeah. because yeah. it's kind of like it's that's not what it's a ball. It shouldn't be what it's about, you know. Right. It doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Throw it at the wall, see if it sticks. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Have a crack. Have a crack. Yeah. Exactly. Get it out there. You never know yeah. what will happen. No, that's right. You know, that's man. right. And uh, sometimes it flitters away into nothingness, and sometimes it hits a point, and you you have a moment. And yes. It's great. And I, th- I think that's what I meant by sort of saying that, um, you know, I'm not fussed about the audience. Right, yes. I think, I think it's a bit of a defense mechanism on my part because it's kind of like, well, you know, I, it's not that I'm not fussed. It's just that I can't think about that. Yes. It's not the point. Yes. You know, at all. Yeah. You know, and imagine, I mean, I'm not comparing myself to this, <laughs> you know, but I just want to say that. <laughs> but imagine if David Lynch... Right. Everything that he did turned on what people thought well, was good. Yeah. You know? Well, the that that Twin Peaks movie we were talking about would would be a two hour movie about Dale Cooper overcoming evil yeah. and uh, and bringing Laura back to life and everyone's happy. That's oh, right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. What was that movie that I never watched again? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Never yeah. thought about again. <laughs> yeah, if it wasn't for his self belief, yeah. you know, if it wasn't for that, yeah. He could he could just be one of the other hacks. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I look, to be honest, uh, I love Lynch so much that even even a clusterfuck like Dune is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. You know. That's right. Uh, I'd rather see a director not quite nail it and it, there's something still about them in it that I can enjoy than you know, sometimes you watch uh, someone's movie or, or you listen to someone's album or that and you're like, this could be anybody. Yeah. And that is really disappointing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You know? That's right. Gen- generic. 
yeah generic stuff is is poison yeah yeah it really is <laughs> Um, we should finish up, and I have not gotten to the majority of your bands, um, which is a, a bummer because I really enjoyed uh, listening to uh, all of this stuff. Um, the um, uh, uh, I really enjoyed a, a Anatomy Class song, uh, Expo 88. That was released pretty recently, I think. It was. From, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that, was, that was a band band for yeah. a number of years. But um, it's kind of um, the singer-songwriter lives in Melbourne now, Anthony. Yeah. Um, Ant. And he, um, we, before he moved to Melbourne, um, back to Melbourne, I should say, he's a Melbourne boy, um, we recorded an album, the two of us, because everything else had dropped away. Everybody right. else had dropped away. Yeah. But um, him and I had really sort of worked hard on doing these songs yeah so we did it we did it the two of us um and then he went to melbourne and he's just sort of been getting them mixed when he can yep so and we might play again someday we do have a bass player danny yeah um who's here but uh, yeah we don't know but um yeah i still you know i'm committed yeah 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 (laughs) i um also i have to mention the imperial broads album was fantastic as well. Oh, I'm glad you liked that. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. fun. Yeah, I'm really proud of that. Well, that's that's tour. We're finally touring that record. Right. That's the tour that's coming up. Yep. For me, in um, for us, end of September through to the early October. So yeah, that's the second. We've done two records. Yep. In I don't know five to seven years. I can't remember how many years now. Lost track. But. Um, but yeah, that's that's a really been a really great creative process for all of us. They um, all three women write. Yeah. Um, they all sing. Yeah. And I really liked that about it too. It was yeah. Like each song had a because of that had a different texture. Yes. Yeah. Well, when the band formed, they were quite new to their instruments. Right. Um, so it's you know it's been it's been completely fresh. And that was one of the things that really attracted me to it was just people people who, um, you know, are discovering things for the first time. It's like there's not many chances in life that you get to be involved yeah. again yeah. with people at that level as they discover stuff. And it's I just think it's so fresh. Yeah. You know? They're all so talented. So that's that's going to be great. People should come and see those shows. Yeah. Well, you know what's great about that is it, it's uh, you get to bring experience and they get to keep you engaged. Yeah, you know, so it's a it's a good symbiotic relationship. It is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where can uh, what I'll do is I'll put uh, links for this stuff up at the uh, Big Squid Facebook page and great. on the Patreon page. <clears throat> uh, but uh, where can people see the tour? Well, it starts. Um, By the way, I'm just going to let everyone know that you've printed out. Because I have to, because people are always going, uh, where are you playing and when when are you playing? And I go, I don't know, (laughs) you know, and most of the time they tell me. Yeah. Oh, am I I really? And I check my phone. It's like, oh yeah, I've got that in there. Yeah. 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 That's why why I've got an old fashioned diary. And and as you can see on my board, I actually write out the month in texture and cross off as I go along. And it's literally 
the writing process that lets me remember it. I, by the way, I don't always remember it, but it's I, I'm inspired <laughs> by your kind of like this. This is the kind of self promotion, or at least self kind of. Um, you know, preservation. Yeah, yes, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I um, sort of neglect a lot of the time. It's definitely self-preservation. Oh, yeah. Like, um, yeah, anyway, so the tour starts in Blackheath at Zoe's on Saturday, September 24th. We're playing in Thoreau at Frank's Wild Years on Sunday, September 25th. Uh, then we're doing the Lincoln Pin in Woi Woi on Saturday, the October 1st. Stag and Hunter in Newcastle on Sunday, October 2nd. And then we're doing a Sydney show in Enmore at the High Bay Bar on right. Saturday, October 8th. <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. And, um, yep. A fun regional tour. Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, that'll yeah. be so much fun. It's going to be lots of fun. Yeah, we've been waiting for, well, we did the record before lockdown and then we couldn't play yeah so we put it out in lockdown did the sort of remote promotion thing yeah uh but um this is the first time we'll be able to play so yeah we're really excited about it's gonna be good and i'm playing in the other band we're sort of that there's two bands on this bill and um the other one is a project for liam judson who's in a band called bells will ring right um, who's quite popular in Sydney. And his new project's called Lewis Goldmark, and I'm playing drums in that too. So I'm I'm playing... So you're uh, doing support for you? Yeah. Your main that's, event? That's right. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be lots of fun. That's my ideal setting. I don't get to... You know, I don't have to get up from the kit. Yeah. I've got that nice little barrier. Yeah. Between me and audience. Yeah. I might, I might just, like, stay there. Let everyone else my do drinks the brought wagon. to me. Yeah, great. Yeah, that's also the other great part of it as well. Uh, and uh, so uh, people should make sure that they get out and uh, check out uh, that uh, tour and also check out the album, which is uh, great. As I said, I'll put that up on Facebook. And then if you like vinyl, go and see you at Red Eye Records. And that's right. Get the best uh, uh, customer service that you can get in uh, in any medium. I'm there all the time and I'm talking about records all day. Yeah. And anything you want to know, yeah. Or if you're just keen to have a chat, come down. Yeah, it's great. Uh, and you'll have to come back on, talk more about music. Let us know how the tour went. This is great. I'd love that. Thanks for having me, Justin. No worries. Thank you. Thank you to Nick for being my guest today. He's got a bunch of gigs coming up with the Imperial Broads touring with Lewis Goldmark on September 24th at Zoe's in Blackheath, September 25th at Frank's Wild Years at Thoreau, October 1st at Lincoln Pin at Woi Woi, October 2nd at Stag and Hunter in Newcastle and the Highway Bar in Enmore on October 8th. I'll put all of this up on the Big Squid Facebook page for you. Uh, If you're enjoying the podcast and would like to support uh, my friends and I here, you can either join up at patreon.com forward slash justinhamilton underscore big squid and gain access to bonus podcast scripts, works and progress, etc. If money is tight and you would like to support us anyway, uh, it would be great if you left a top review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to Big Squid. Uh, Word of mouth is actually a great way to get the podcast out there too. Uh, Also, if you can come to a live show, that's a pretty great way to support everything here too. So, uh, you know, there's a 
lots of opportunities for you to, uh, you know, help out if you want to. And uh, also, if you just feel like you need a little bit more of me in your life, there are blogs and short stories over at bigsquidpod.com. That's all free. That's just there sitting there waiting for you. I'll be back next week with another Chitter Chatter podcast and then Ben Elwood returns for the first time this season. We've got a new space policy and we're covering the George Clooney, Steven Soderbergh Solaris, which is a remake, but God damn, it's so good. So if you have the weekend to watch it before we discuss it, you, you have a bit of time. Let's finish today with a quote from the brilliant musician Scott Walker. With that kind of thing, with any past recordings, I'm like Don Quixote being confronted by the night of mirrors. All I ever do is hear the faults. I never hear anything else, so I never listen. Until then. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.